Assalamualaikum everyone. Welcome back to another Noorain episode. I need to find a new way to introduce us, but this is Asil and Sumaya. Um, and today we are going to be talking about your reputation. Um, and what I mean by that is like, does it even matter? Should you even care about what other people think? Because I think that what other people think is such... It's like, you know how people say it's like the Roman Empire, or you know what I mean? Mm-hmm. Like, it's something that is always on people's minds, I think, especially when you're younger, when you're in that preteen, still trying to figure yourself out. You know, you often come, things often, choices often stem from the concept of, well, what will other people think? Mm-hmm. Like, going back to two of our recent episodes, um, Whose Approval Are You Seeking? and the episode about music, both of those episodes, our decisions stemmed from, well, what do others think about us or we want to fit in? And so I feel like the concept of a reputation is so, so important. And it's something that is applicable to everyone's lives, regardless if you are a preteen or you are a young Muslim man or woman. Um, it, it's very, very relevant. And of course, at different levels and different extremes and, and that, that, that sort of wording of what do people think it kind of shifts over the years but it's still very much prevalent it's still very much there um and so we kind of just want to talk about that and just kind of see well should you even care about what other people think from an islamic perspective um how should you approach your identity and all of these different things um so going off with that i'm I'm just going to pass it over to samaya today so (laughs) yeah here you go so Asin mentioned, um, you know, that a lot of the time when we're younger, when we are entering into, like, the adolescent stage, um, we do tend to care a lot about what people think. We want to fit in. We want to be like everyone else. We don't want to be seen as different. Um, And I think that that's an interesting point um, because it's something that we do all go through. um, But... I think that in in that perspective, obviously, it's not always the most beneficial thing to think about that constantly, to constantly have that on your mind, because it makes you deviate from who you actually are or what your values actually are just in order to please other people, to please society at large, and to not stand out, right? Um, But I think the the perspective we kind of want to take on this episode is that we tend to see now with all of these movements, um, self-love and positivity and yada yada, which I'm not saying those are bad things, but we're seeing so many people say, you do you, doesn't matter what anyone thinks about you, doesn't matter what impression you leave, nothing matters as long as you're happy and you're doing what makes you feel your best. And we're seeing a lot of that. That's kind of one of the biggest things that's being displayed to all of us through movies, through TV shows, through social media, everyone is like, just do your own thing and it doesn't matter what anyone else cares or it doesn't, or it doesn't matter what anyone else thinks about you. Um, you shouldn't care what anyone else says or thinks. Um, and to me, I actually don't agree with that. And so that's kind of where we are going to be taking this episode today should we care what people think about us and why? Um, so did you want to jump in yeah. real quick? I mean, you could finish the thought. Go ahead. Okay. So I was going to say, in, in addition to that, I think another way you have to look at it is from t- two different perspectives. Of should we care about what other people think about us and why? And I think that that answer can be used differently depending on your part of your life. What I mean about that is like, for example, when we're talking about representing the dean, should you care about what people think about you and why in terms of how you present yourself, um, in terms of your clothing and all of these things, because especially as Muslim women, right, we are, we are representing our dean, especially when we are hijabis, right? And then the other perspective comes from like, say you need to pray in public, should we care about what people think and why? So I feel like the answer is so like, even though it's all tied back to the same concept of reputation, it's, it's very variable. It changes depending on the context of the situation, right? Because if you're in a situation where you need to not necessarily please others, but present yourself in a good way so others think good of you, so they think good of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala, then yes, you should care. But if it's on the other end where if you are going to stop yourself from doing a certain action, for example, praying in public because you're scared of what other people think of you, that's a problem. So I feel like we have to make sure that we include both of those narratives into the discussion today. Oh, for sure. For sure. And that's what I was about to mention (laughs) as well. No, you're fine. I think you said it really well. 
Um, there are certain contexts where you really shouldn't care what anyone thinks, right? There are certain situations where if you are holding on to your values and you are presenting the best version of yourself and you're trying to align your actions with what you believe, etc., then no, you really shouldn't care what anyone else thinks. Like Asig said, when we have to pray in public or pray at school, um, it's not like, oh man, we can't pray because no one else, you know, I don't want anyone else to see me like this. No, in that case, yes, you don't care what anyone else thinks. You don't care what anyone else thinks when you are out in public in your hijab and everyone is like staring at you. You don't care what anyone else thinks when you are asked, oh, like, can I get your number? And you're like, no, actually, I don't date that's when you don't care what anyone else thinks, right? Because that is you upholding your values, your religious values. Um, but I guess what the other side kind of looks like is a lot of people, like like I mentioned just a few minutes ago, a lot of people will just behave however they want to behave. And they're like, well, I don't care what anyone else thinks. And to me, and in and, and my understanding of Islam, I think it's actually very important that you do care what other people think about you in terms of how you represent your Islam, just like Asid was talking about. Like, personally, for me, right, when I'm trying to make shifts in my character and my mannerisms or whatnot, when I'm trying to um, include new things into my, like, daily life and I'm trying to better myself and all of these things, it really matters to me that people do see that, right? It matters to me that people can recognize from interactions that they've had with me, she is a very trustworthy person, or she is a person who I can rely on, or she is a person who upholds her Islamic values well from what I have seen. She is a person who I can have deep conversations with. She is a person who knows the Quran well, whatever. To me, in those cases, it's very important to me actually what people think. And it's not in a way that's like constantly running through my head like, oh my gosh, like what does she think? What does he think? What do they think? Like, no, because, and, and I think that's actually one of the big differences between the two scenarios is like when you're trying to please people, please society, you're actually like really constantly thinking about that. Like I see was saying, like the Roman Empire, you're actually really constantly thinking about it and you're governing all of your actions and all of your behaviors through that mindset. You're like, if I do this, what will they say? But when you do care what people think about you in terms of your Islam, honestly, it's not something I think about all the time because I'm just trying to present myself in the way that I think is correct Islamically. So it's not like I'm doing things so that people will say things about me or that I'm doing things so that they can think good of me. It's that I'm simply trying to embody my Islamic principles, my teachings, the things I've learned, the knowledge I've gained, I'm just trying to embody that in my person. And I think that when you do that, it's natural that other people see it. So you're not actually thinking about it constantly like, oh, like what, what will they think? Or what are they gonna say after they leave this conversation with me? It's not even like, it doesn't even really go through your head. It's just simply that you're trying to live out your Islam in the best way possible, right? So you're not really thinking about it that much. And I like I just feel like that's a really important distinction too, um, that there there is a difference. There really is a difference. Now, before we kind of go on, I do want to talk about like insincerity for a second because I don't want anyone to interpret what we're saying as like, oh, I should pray because I want other people to say that I'm praying when I'm around them. Like, no, of course not. I'm not saying that at all. We're coming really from more of like a character perspective and like an um, religious values perspective. Um, so I did just kind of want to mention that before we, we went on to everyone's like on the same page. <laughs> no, I think that's a really, and that's a discussion we're definitely going to have about sincerity of intentions, because if you want to succeed in anything, regardless of it's changing a mindset to be more God conscious, or it's within your own everyday life or your, your goals towards this life or your goals towards the akhirah, sincerity is, is exceptionally important. Um, and going back to earlier when I mentioned like it has to like, you know, it's kind of like a Roman empire. I think I'm more talking about my own personal perspective from when I was like, say, 11, 12, like really, it was such a big deal. And I feel like for people that are older, you know, young, young Muslim, young adult Muslims, think about the times where you were younger, 
right? I feel like once we oft, we often hit this like puberty stage, we often think about what other people are going to think of us. And I, I noticed that a lot of like when we were talking about our most recent episodes, social media, uh, what was the other one? Music. And then this, like I started to realize there's a common theme, at least between me and Samaya, where it like these these thoughts start to arise around puberty when you start to grow as a person, you know, and your your mindset starts to shift. So take a minute to self-reflect and think about, okay, was there ever a time where I, I genuinely thought like this? And then how has that changed over time? And why has it changed over time? Has that continued to consume you, continue to become part of my Roman Empire, where in the sense where you dress a certain way to please other people, or you want people to think you're super pretty, or like all of these things? Or has it changed and shifted where you, you've aligned more with your dean, and you start to stray away from that concept of, well, like, I don't care about what other people think in terms of like just holding myself to my true standards. Um, so I think that's something maybe a good thing. Like I, I'm certainly going to do that because I think it's a, it's really important to self-reflect and think on that. And that'll also show you, that'll kind of give you a glimpse of your own sincerity because I feel like often sincerity is that kind of thing that we don't even realize whether or not we have it unless you make yourself aware of it and you constantly renew your intentions. So I feel like those all tie in together. And then you were mentioning earlier about how in media and in societal like movements of all of these things, people genuinely are like, I don't care what you think of me. I'm going to live my best life like you were describing. And honestly, that kind of bothers me. And what I mean it but what I mean by that is like there is a certain extent you have to have some sort of like public awareness for the things that you're doing in public or the way you're behaving or you know there there's a certain tone you're supposed to use in certain environments like it pains me it bothers me so so much and I'm not trying to make this a rant but it really does frustrate me whenever I whenever say you are in a more formal setting and then all of a sudden you just hear like like obscene words and like cursing and all of these things from people you would never accept. Like this is a, this is a formal setting. Like what are we doing? Like you know, it doesn't. It's not. I don't care what other people think of me. It's I'm gonna do whatever I want, and that be- behavior should be te- deemed normalized in the environment that we are currently in. And that is a problem because once you start to normalize all behavior simply because I do what I want and I don't care what other people think of me, you're going to go out dressing half naked on the streets. People already do that, but to more of an extent, especially when there are kids around, like that's inappropriate, right? Or you'll play whatever music you want, not thinking of the audience that's around you because, you know, I can do whatever I want. This is who I am. I'm staying true to myself. And while, okay, stay true to yourself all you want, but you have to realize there is a filter, there is a buffer, there is... A certain way you should behave and I'm not saying be two-faced where like you're like a completely different person with this person than you are that person no but understand there are formalities there are certain ways of behavior that should be societally accepted in that certain circumstance in that certain environment and I feel like because of the portrayal in the media in in big movements like Samaya was talking about we often that 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 normalized behavior is starting to just completely like dissipate like no one even cares anymore and so now everyone is just quote unquote staying true to themselves and doing whatever the heck they want and that in and of itself also makes people I feel like they become what's the word like so self-centered so like like they think that they're everything I'm trying to think of a certain word and I just can't pinpoint it doesn't matter um what the consequences are exactly it's just like I exactly And that's a really, really big issue. So like this this whole reputation thing, especially in society, in the secular society that we live in, it goes from either I care so much about what people think that I'm going to stuff my face with fillers and I'm going to go around dressing half naked and I'm going to get plastic surgery and I'm going to try to normalize all these things because even though I'm making it seem like I don't care what people think, I really do because I want to be the quote unquote the prettiest out there. Or it's the complete opposite extreme where it's like, I don't care if there are kids around. I don't care if this is a formal setting. I'm going to act as entitled as I want because I don't care what you think. We need to find the middle ground. Islam is all about finding balance, right? It's not all or nothing. There's always there's always that that middle portion and, and we, we should reside on that line. Um, so there was kind of just that. And another thing too is um, I want to relate this back to the Prophet Muhammad Sallallahu Alaihi Wasallam. Because like Samaya was talking about, she was talking about the characteristics that she hopes people can can hold to her based off of her um, 
based off of the way she prevents uh, presents herself, such as being a trustworthy person, um, such as being, you know, a person of Ihsan and a person of the Qur'an, inshallah, and all of these things, right? And I too, I mean, of course, I tried my best to strive for those things because it pleases it pleases Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala and it gives a good image of what my beliefs are. So inshallah, maybe it'll guide more people toward Islam or guide people to continue to be better. And it'll also make me closer to Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala, you know, trying to, to go the extra mile and do do as much as I can and and just really be a hardworking person and all of these all of these good characteristics. But the Prophet Muhammad sallallahu alayhi wa sallam, he also was in a very similar boat. Even before he was he was given prophethood, you know, he was known as the trustworthy as the honest he was known as all of these all of these qualities like as a matter of fact before um you know during that time even the disbelievers even the the people that did not believe in him whatsoever this is mini history lesson they would entrust all of their most valuable possessions with the prophet muhammad they absolutely not necessarily hated him but they did not love his message they hated his message but and they refused to believe and they were they were constantly attacking him and all of these things but they entrusted him with their most valuable possessions because they knew of the type of person he was, right? And that in and of itself, his character is what guided most of the Sahaba. I mean, think about it. Think about um, when, when I'm trying to think, I can't remember the exact, like when he was first given revelation, right? And he came back scared to his wife Khadija. You know, she literally was like, you know, out of all, if this is all true, out of all that she said something along the lines, I can't remember the exact hadith right now, but it was basically like, God or Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala would not humiliate a man like you. That was the context of the message she was trying to give. She was reminding him of how good he was. Exactly, yeah. And like, of course, he was like the best of mankind, but that comes to show how important it is to hold a good reputation of yourself. Because the way you present yourself can guide so many people to Islam. It can guide so many people along that straight path with you. And it can make God so incredibly pleased with you. Or it can do the exact opposite. It can deter people away from you. If you're, it can, you know, make people not even want to confront you because they know you're the type of person that does not like confrontation. They don't, you know, you're the type of person that does not, that will not take criticism. Or, you know, you just have to argue. All of these things, like, you know, it can go both ways. And that's why holding yourself to good standards is is, is especially important. Um, and I want to mention one more thing. Um, in the Qur'an, right, there are instances where there is certain rulings and revelations that are made specifically for the Prophet Muhammad Like, for example, in terms of the rulings of his wives and stuff, like the amount he was having, he was allowed to have nine at one time versus most Muslim men could only have four wives at one time. All of these different things, right? So I'm not going to go into all of that. But there, there's a bunch of different um, examples of that. But something I wanted to highlight, and I found this really interesting, um, Sumaya and I, we had a class, and this was weeks and weeks and weeks ago, but we were going through Surah Ahzab, um, and there is a, there's an ayah, it's the 37th ayah, it's extremely long, and the context is something along the lines of um, Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala was preparing, um, was preparing the Prophet Muhammad for something that involved, you know, uh, one of his sahaba and, and his and his wife and all of these things so definitely go check that out I would read the ayah and you can get more context from there but something that Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala told the prophet Muhammad sallallahu was um, and so you were considering the people whereas Allah was more worthy of your consideration and so I found that really powerful because in terms of context of this ayah, the Prophet Muhammad was a little hesitant of what he should do because he knew of the right thing to do, but revelation wasn't sent down yet to sort of support his decision when it comes to this and of what is going to be made lawful. And he was a little nervous of what are the people going to think if I go through with this, right? So he was waiting for a revelation to be sent down to sort of to sort of support him in, in this and tell and guide him. Um but that, that part of the ayah always stood out to me because I feel like that right there, you know, you were considering the people whereas Allah was more worthy of your consideration is something we have to remind ourselves a lot of. When it comes to holding true to your faith, when it comes to, oh, sorry, I don't date or, oh, sorry, I don't, I'm not going to prom or I'm not, I'm not doing X, Y, and Z because, you know, my faith tells me to. This is what we have to remind ourselves of, remind ourselves of is that Allah is more worthy of your consideration. He is more worthy of that headspace that you place in your head that you, that, that giving it to other people, right? 
And so I think that's an ex is an extremely important reminder when it comes to just like everything that you do in your life, when it comes to, to the, your, your obligations, your acts, you know, for example, fasting, and then your friends ask you, hey, like you want to go out to eat? Are you just going to say yes and completely break your fast for the day because you're too embarrassed to say no because you care about what they think more? Or are you going to be like, no, actually, thank you for the offer, but I'm fasting because it's the month of Ramadan and X, Y, and Z because you care about what Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala thinks more. That is a distinction that we have to make very, very clear in our heads. So, yeah. I think that's so interesting. I love that you brought up the ayah. And actually, this is what I was going to talk about next about seeking Allah's pleasure versus the pleasure of the people. Um, the, you, you were talking about the Prophet's character before even he was a prophet. And there's a lot of different wisdoms, right? But I think that, and, and from what I've studied and heard, there was a reason and there was a wisdom why he was known as a Sadiq al-Amin before he was even a prophet. Like his character was so exemplified even before he was a prophet it's not even the prophethood that made him have good character he was already like that before and the reason why or at least one of the reasons why is so that the people would believe him when he came with this absolutely absurd thing that half of them couldn't even like imagine they couldn't even understand right so he was known as all of these things even before he became a prophet so that that would aid him in bringing people to actually believe him. A lot of people accepted Islam literally because they knew that if the prophet said something, he had to be on a path of truth because they knew the man that he was before. And this reminds me too of during the or after the Isra and the Mi'raj when, when, when he came back, um, and he was telling the people, I went to Al-Aqsa, and one night I went to heaven, I came back, I'm here in Mecca now. Um, a lot of the people who believed in him actually began to question, like, they were kind of like, what, what is he talking about? How did he go to Al-Aqsa and come back? Like, what? And they went to Abu Bakr, and they asked him, they said, he's saying all these things, so I said, no, he's saying all these things, like, how could he have done? And Abu Bakr's response, basically, he said, if if he, if Muhammad, peace be upon him, if he said it, then he's truthful. And that's it. That's all he said. He said, if he said it, I believe. If he said it, I believe that what he says is true. So what I want to get at with all of this is that even before the prophethood, even before, even before the prophet became a prophet and became aware of Allah and who Allah was, and before he began to receive revelation, when he was interacting with the people, he was not thinking, I'm going to present myself in this way so that, you know, I can please the people. He was not thinking about, I'm doing this just for the people's sake, right? He was thinking bigger. He was thinking much, much bigger than that, a purpose much beyond himself, right? And so the distinction that I was trying to make earlier about when you're trying to hold true to your values, you're not constantly thinking about, I'm doing this just for the people's sake, you're thinking about gaining Allah's pleasure. And so I think that that's the thing. We, and, and we're talking about kind of the shift of caring about what everyone thought of us and wanting to fit in when we were younger, to now being in a place where like we don't care. And I guess this is why this episode is kind of contradictory. It's like, I don't care what anyone thinks, but at the it same just time, depends on the context. it depends on the context and the situation, right? But it's like, I care about what Allah thinks. Right. And that is that is what should be forefront in your mind. I care about what Allah thinks of me. I want to please Allah. And honestly, I'm going to say something. If you are pleasing Allah through your interactions with the people, through your behaviors with the people, whatever, you are also pleasing the people. Right. Because Allah would not be pleased with you if you're harsh to the people. Right. Allah would not be pleased with you if you were not a trustworthy person. Allah would not be pleased with you if you broke your promises or you committed to things that you're just backing out, out of now, right? Allah would not be pleased with you if you were simply a follower going along with what everyone else in the world is doing and, and, and not being a leader instead, right? So that's kind of where this, this idea comes in. It's like, yes, we're trying to please Allah. We're, we're living for a purpose much bigger than ourselves. We want to please Allah, but if we're pleasing Allah, we are automatically pleasing his creation.
because Allah would not be pleased with us otherwise, right? Allah would not be pleased with us if, again, if we were very horrible, rude, disrespectful people. Allah would not be pre pleased with us if we didn't give consideration to people's feelings and emotions. Allah would not be pleased with us if we were not emotionally available to others. So you're not thinking about what do the people think of me. You're thinking of, well, what does Allah think of me, right? But if Allah thinks positive of you, the creation thinks positive of you. Like it, like it has to, right? Because again, like I said, there's a certain sort of way to conduct yourself. And if you conduct yourself in that way, then Allah is going to be pleased with you, right? And bringing it back to the Prophet ﷺ, not everyone obviously was pleased with the man that he was. He was very pleasing to Allah, for sure. But not all the people were pleased with him, right? For example, the people of Quraysh that hated him and wanted to kill him. Obviously, they were not sitting there thinking, oh man, like we love this man. No, they weren't thinking that. But they never had anything bad to say about his character, you know? And they did say he's a liar. They said he was crazy. They said all of these things. But the ones that were not blinded by hatred... Even if they did not like the message he was spreading, even if they did not agree with it, even if they never converted, they understood that he still was a man of high character. And Allah praises his character in the Quran. وَإِنَّكَ لَعَلَىٰ خُلُقٍ عَظِيمٍ In Surah uh, Al-Qalam, Surah Nun, right? Allah told him, and indeed you are of exalted character, right? Your character is the best character. So not everyone is going to be pleased with you. Right? Even if you are someone who is upholding your religious values and you're trying your best to please Allah, not everyone is going to be pleased with you. But the majority of people will. And they will appreciate the kind of a person that you are. And so that's what I mean when I say you should care what other people think of you. Because honestly, if, and not, not everyone, but if people think negatively of you, then that shows that there's a character flaw or multiple character flaws. That shows that there is something missing. And again, some people are just going to hate you to hate you. Okay, I'm not talking about those people. But for example, if I'm someone who's like, um, I'm trying to please Allah, but then I break all my promises to people. Or then I, um, I don't know, like anytime someone wants to come talk to me about something, I'm like, that's your own problem. I have my own problems, you have your own problem. Like, don't talk to me about this. Or... Someone, I don't know, like, you guys understand what I'm saying. If the people think negatively of you, it's usually because there is something negative that you need to work on, right? And so I just wanted to kind of make that that clear where when, you're, when your goal is to please Allah, you are pleasing most of the creation, right? And if other people think negatively of you, if the majority of people think negatively of, of you, then that should tell you something about yourself. I can't say, oh yes, I am a very trustworthy person. But then when you go ask people who've interacted with me, they're like, um, actually she's not a trustworthy person at all. Actually she broke my trust when she betrayed me. Or actually I've worked with her in business and she stole a big portion of the money. Like I can't say I'm trustworthy if people don't see that quality reflected in me. If that makes sense. So in that way, you should care what people think. Because I think that's a very direct reflection of what Allah thinks of you. Right? And so again, I'm not talking about people that are just going to hate you to hate you. Some people are just going to dislike you. And you can't really do anything about that. But at the end of the day, you're not seeking people's pleasure. You're seeking Allah's pleasure. But through that, most of the people will be pleased with you. And before I pass it over to Asin, my mom always tells me something that I just really want to bring up again. I know I've mentioned it before, but she always tells me, she's like, Sumeya, if your goal is to please people, like know that there is always going to be someone who is disappointed. But instead, your goal should be to please Allah. Because if you're doing what Allah has told you to do, if you're following those steps, which include character and mannerisms and being kind and loving to the people then that's the only pleasure you should really be seeking. So I hope that all of that made sense. It made sense in my head. I just hope it came out well. <laughs> no, it was great. I loved it. You said a couple of things. Um, the first, you were talking about um, this concept of like when you, when you, what your actions align with what Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala has decreed for you to do, you will be pleasing to both him and the people. And it reminded me of something I said 
oh my god, like way, 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 way back, like one of our very, very first episodes. And it's something that I try to hold myself to now. And I think it can be applicable here. But something, this is very rough, but it's something along the lines of like, what do I say? Oh, it's like, basically, like, if you're going to do, um, if you're going to do an action and you would hide it from the people, chances are Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala, you shouldn't be doing that in front of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala's eyes. And the opposite is also true. If you're doing actions or you're behaving in a certain way towards the people, but you're trying to hide it from Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala, you should not be doing that, right? And if you're trying to do things that would please Allah, then you'll please the people, right? But if you're if you're doing things that you wouldn't show people, the chances are you should not be showing that to Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala either. I don't know if that made any sense, but it, it's very applicable here as well when it comes to your character, right? If you're going to have a character that you wouldn't that you would be okay with standing in front of God with and being like, this is the person that I was, this is the person that people attested that I was, and this is the way I behaved then okay, Talib, then you're doing something right, right? But if you have parts of your character that, for example, using extremely profane, uh, like profanity and like all of these things, and you wouldn't show, say, your parents that, that chances are Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala would not be very pleased with you doing that either. And that's part of your reputation, right? You care about what teachers think of you. You care about what people of, of uh, I don't want to say higher status, but in certain areas, yes, higher status think of you. Then you should also think of the one who has the highest status, thinks of you and i think that's something we tend to forget just because we can't physically see allah subhanahu wa ta'ala doesn't mean that we should forget that he's there he is always there he is always with us he's closer to us in our own jugular veins right and so because of that we should always be thinking about okay is what i'm is what i'm about to do going to please allah because if it's going to please allah the chances are it's going to please the people too you know but if you just think of that first step of is it going to please allah <clears throat> if it's a check, then you can keep going. You can keep thinking, okay, are the people going to be pleased with it? Well, no, they're going to think I'm a little weird for praying. But you know what? Me not praying is not going to please Allah. Therefore, I'm going to do it regardless, right. you know? Or if it's, okay, is me telling the truth in the situation going to please Allah? Check. Okay, cool. Is it going to please the people? Check, because it'll help it'll help build my character and it'll build my reputation in these people's eyes. Then you go ahead and do it. Obviously, everyone has their own system to the way they think about things, but that's just a super easy two-step system. First, you put Allah above everything else because he is the Almighty. He is all of these things, and therefore, he should be your number one consideration. And then you move it down to, okay, what are the people going to think about this situation? But I also want to make this clear. Some people think about, okay, is God going to be pleased with me with telling this person that they're wearing their hijab wrong? I'm holding on to the message and all these things. That's when it becomes shaky. Right? Because there's a correct way of going about things. And Samaya and I mentioned this in our Whose Approval Are You Seeking episode. And I think that that is extremely important because some people are acting on the notion that God is going to be pleased with them if they do X, Y, and Z. If they if they tell this person of their sins. But would you want someone to tell you of your sins? Because guess what? We're all sinful. Right? Is that person close to you? Is that person even going to care about what you say? Or are you just going to put a bad representation of the deen to show Muslims fighting with each other, not only in real life, but in the comment sections as well? That's a problem, right? So it goes both ways. It's like when you think about it, it's like, okay, does this please the law check? Okay, does this please the people? Probably I might help this person, but I have to do it in the right way. You know what I mean? Or sometimes... Just make dua and move on. That'll also please God. There are different. It's not a one-step solution. It's not a one-answer-fits-all for anything in life. I think we have to realize that when it comes to circumstances, when it comes to the the situation at hand, you have to approach it as an intelligent person, right? You have to approach it as like, okay, what would the Prophet Muhammad sallallahu do? What would God be pleased with me doing? Like if I went back. You know how the little kids sometimes they'll go and do something silly outside and they'll come back in and they'll be like, mom, like, mama, look, like I did this. And sometimes you're like, you did what? <laughs> right. But seriously, in a, in a, in a, in a nutshell, we're kind of like that with Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. We're one day going to return back to him and all of our limbs are going to be speaking for what we did, not our mouths. You know, our hands are going to be saying what we did using them. You know, our feet are going to be saying where we went and walked with them. You know, all of these things. Right. So do things that are pleasing to Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. So on the day that you have to testify to him. You know, you can so you your your body will speak for you and will say that you did all of these good good things, right? And you walked to the right places and you did all of these things, and that way, when your soul, I'm gonna backtrack it a little bit, when your soul is being taken up to the heavens, right, and it's being passed, and they say, you know, who is the soul that you're bringing? The angels will 
will basically describe you using the words that people described you with. You know, did you use your limbs in such a manner that pleased Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala? So people said that you were a trustworthy person, that you were an honest person, that you were a hardworking person, that you were a helpful person. <clears throat> so that way when you are raised up to the heaven, to the heavens, and you're brought up to that very, like, you know, to through the gates, the angels can also say you were X, Y, and Z because the people claimed you were X, Y, and Z. Let the beauty of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala, let the beauty of him and his revelation and his divine wisdom shine through you. Let you become a vessel for that. And when you've made that your, your life mission, your life goal, it'll align and it'll give you success in this life because people will see you for who you truly are, for who this, this, this mission that you're striving for truly is all about. And then in the next life, it'll pay off as well because Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala Will, sh will, will reward you for what you've done. I think that people just often tend to just completely disregard that. We often think about the things, this worldly life and, you know, oh, but like that outfit looks so good on me. I'm going to get so many compliments. Yeah, okay, it'll look good on you in this life. But when you're, when you have to go and, and explain, when your limbs have to go and explain to Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala that you put that on to, to get the gaze of, of everybody at this point, you know, are you going to be so happy then? Is it going to be so worth it then? I think that's something we, we often forget. It's, is it worth it? Like, seriously, is it worth pleasing everybody and forgetting about the Almighty? It's not. That There's one answer for that. It is not. Please God and you'll please everybody else. It's as simple as that. I really love that. That was really good. I really like that a lot. <coughs> um, when you were talking about the soul being taken up to the heavens, I also thought of on the Day of Judgment when everyone is going to be essentially just trying to get as many good deeds as they can from anyone else, right? They're one of one of the reasons, right, besides this whole when your soul is being taken up thing, one of one of the reasons why you should care what other people think about you is because if you're wronging the people, they are going to come after you for your good deeds and they will take them mm -hmm. because on that day justice will be served. If you've wronged people, they are going to come take your good deeds from you. And so imagine, like, do you really want people to be like, this is a horrible person. When I interacted with them, they made me feel horrible. So now I'm going to go take some of their good deeds. And this person, right, this person was someone who made me feel like I was a terrible person. I'm going to go take some of their good deeds. And this person put me down when I was just trying to do good on social media. I'm going to go take their good deeds. So it does matter what people think of you in that context. It really does because... Again, what do you want to be called by? What names do you want to be called by? What attributes do you want to be called by when you're going up, when your soul is being taken up? But also, do you want the people coming after your good deeds? Right? If anything, you want to be the one going after other people's good deeds, not the other way around. You don't want anyone to come on the day of judgment and be like, they wronged me. This person wronged me. And this person was horrible. And I am going to take their good deeds. Right? So if people think positive about you, you won't have that issue at all whatsoever, right? Um, so I just kind of wanted to mention that. Um, something else too, and, and I thought of this when we were talking about like, or when I was just talking about like, what names and attributes do you want to be called by? I think we also have to reflect on Allah's names and attributes, right? Because in order to develop a character that is pleasing to Allah, it's very important for us to look at, well, what does Allah describe himself as? Allah revealed to us 99 of his names. And although we will never be, of course, you know, the names that he calls himself by, because only he gets that um, distinction, subhanahu wa ta'ala, like only Allah can be al-Rahman, only he can be like al-Aziz, right, with the al-Iflam, with that, with that definitive. But when we're, when we're thinking about Allah's names, we have to try to embody those characteristics in our own lives, right? Allah is the forgiving. So I should be forgiving to the people. Allah is the just. So I should be just with the people. Allah is al-afu. He's the one who pardons. So I should be pardoning with the people, right? Allah is al-wadud. He's the most compassionate, the loving. So I should be that way with the people, right? So it's important to look at Allah's names and his attributes and how he describes himself as, as sort of a guideline for how we should behave ourselves in the public sphere, right? Within our, within, um, you know, our, our friend groups or within our family, all of that stuff. 
Um, and Essie mentioned something, and I don't remember exactly what she mentioned. I think she was talking about, like, wellness plays a lot. And, and, and something I wanted to say is, like, you won't actually know what pleases Allah and what doesn't unless you have knowledge of your religion. And that's why it's very important to establish that baseline and to look into things like the Sira. What was the character of the Prophet like? The Shama'il, right? All of the, literally the many, many narrations of just the way the Prophet Sallallahu behaved himself. Not even just character-wise, but how he walked, how he talked, how he smiled. All of these things. It's important to look into that. It's important to look at the character. Um, sorry, at the Qur'an and the character traits that are mentioned in the Qur'an. Allah describes his servants, his beloved servants as what? How can I be like that? And we actually have a whole episode about um, Surat Al-Furqan, the servants of the most merciful, where we kind of dissected that last page and a half, um, which is literally just filled with quality traits and characteristics. So go listen to that. But without having a foundation and without seeking more, seeking more knowledge and seeking more understanding, seeking deeper understanding, you won't actually know what pleases Allah and what doesn't, right? A lot of us grew up with just halal and haram. So you kind of know, okay, if I'm doing the halal, great. If I'm doing the haram, okay, not so great. But there's a lot more to it than that. There's, it's a lot deeper than just that, right? If you're operating on the basis of, okay, I can't drink alcohol, I can't eat pork, I can't have a girlfriend, and um, I just have to pray five times a day and fast on Madlan, is that really pleasing to Allah? And yes, it is, right? You're staying away from the things that Allah has told you to stay away from you're doing the things that Allah has told you to do but if that's all that we have as our understanding it's not enough because there's a lot more people pray and fast and their character is trash you know what I mean so it's like if you're just gonna do the halal and the haram or you're just gonna do the halal and stay away from the haram like there's a lot of um there's a lot of like things that you're missing there's a lot of things that you're missing so it's very important to go and to actually look into that stuff and to build a foundation of your of your deen and your knowledge of your deen so that you actually can distinguish between, well, what what is pleasing to Allah, right? Because we get into these finicky situations, like Asid was saying, I want to advise this person, but I don't want to come off in a way that's going to push this person away. I want to advise this person, but I'm not sure what the best approach is. I want to advise this person, and maybe I'm so upset at this person because I love them so much and they're doing something that's not so great. So how do I deal with, with letting my anger sort of take the back burner and another emotion coming in? Whatever. Like, you get into these situations that are a little bit more um, challenging where it's not just halal, haram. Like, you know, you have to actually understand, well, how would the Prophet, so I said, have approached this, right? And that's something else, too, that you have to think about. If you were living at the Prophet's time, so I said, you would definitely care what he thought about you, right? Like, I would definitely care what he thought about me. And sometimes I think about this now, like if the Prophet was here, so I said to him, what kind of a person would he see me as, right? The Prophet's not here, obviously, but that's why it's important to care about what people think about your representation of your deen, right? This is the way we bring people closer. It's not about them. For some people, yeah, they see us praying and they see us fasting and they see that discipline and they're drawn to that. For some people, that's what it is. But for most people, that's not what it is. A lot of people are not big fans of the discipline and the the like what they what they perceive as the restriction. A lot of people are not fans of that. But then they see the strength of the Muslim people, and then they see the resilience of the Muslim people. And I'm talking about Palestine right now, but also just in an everyday to day like uh, I don't know scenario when you're at school or at work or wherever, people might be like that person, that Muslim girl that I met. I only saw her a couple times, I only met her a couple times, but anytime I needed something and I asked her, she was there for me automatically. Anytime, you know, even though I don't know her that well, she always made sure to reach out to me and ask me how I'm doing just randomly. I don't even know her that well. Or, or you know, when it was, I don't know, I, I don't know, like a holiday or whatever, she reached out to me and told me, I hope you have a great time with your family, whatever. Those are the things that people remember, right? These are the kinds of things that people remember. and. I'm sorry, I've been talking for so long, but I feel like I've been thinking about this a lot too. Like, when I die, like, what are people going to remember about me, right? Because we focus so much on these superficial things. Like, oh, what what are they going to say about my shoes or my outfit or my blah, blah, blah. Like, we just want to fit in so bad. 
But at the end of the day, when you die, no one's going to stand at your grave and be like, her shoes were so nice. <laughs> like, no one's going to do that. No one's going to be like, her outfits were always so cute. No one is going to say that. No one is going to be like, she was such a pretty person. No. Like, no one is going to no one is gonna talk about those superficial things when you die. So what kind of an impact are you leaving on people? Right? What kinds of things do you want them to remember you by after you're gone? Because that's how you live on in people's memory. It's not that they're like, again, oh, wow, she was so pretty. Or wow, she or he was so handsome. Or oh, man, he was like, whatever. It doesn't matter. People are going to be like, when I needed her, she was there for me. Or they're going to be like, I learned a lot from this person. Or they're going to be like, her character was one of the best characters I've ever seen. Or her dedication, her leadership, whatever, was amazing. Right? We loved interacting with her. We loved being around her because of how she made us feel. That's what they're going to remember about you. So it does matter what people think about you. Right? It really, really does. Um, and I think that we have to kind of think about it in this way. Like, yeah, what are they saying while we're alive about us? Because that's kind of a direct reflection of how Allah is pleased with us for the most part. But also, what are they going to say after I die? <coughs> Sorry. Um, no, that was absolutely beautiful. I love that. I loved how you showed the opposite is also true. Where on the day of judgment, like you mentioned, like people are really going to testify like, actually, no, you need to give me this much because you did this to me. You never returned this to me and all of these things. And that that that's very, very important. I think that's something that it shows that balance between hope and fear in the day of judgment, in, in, in the day of reckoning and all of these things. And another thing, too, is um, you mentioned how knowledge and, and, and seeking knowledge is so incredibly important. And we have a whole episode on that called Words of Wisdom. And the reality is that, like, I'm thinking about me personally, right? And I'm thinking about, like, what we've spoken about in the last two episodes. Both of those episodes are more of, like, I don't want to say personal, but it did show our journey and our growth as a person a lot. And I think that this is also just as applicable. Like, this is just as important. Like, the reality is, you know beginning of high school right I wasn't the person that I am today and that's because it's not really because of, of, of very many things I mean it's not like you know I completely I had a completely different shift of environment like no I was I was in the same school for four years you know I went to the same masjid for those couple years like hey my friend group changed a little bit but you know we had the very consistent people that were still always there for you right so you wonder okay what was it what made her shift go from being someone that just wanted to fit in because she often fitted out to to someone who who really, really just wants to please Allah. And in the process, she's making other... Inshallah, I pray that I'm pleasing God and I'm also... I'm leaving a good image of myself. That's that's my goal right here. And, you know, I'm reflecting as Samaya is talking and I realize it's my my pursuit of seeking knowledge. It's that... It's that... That's the driving force you know, in the, the change from within, you know, you have to change some things from without, you have to change the things that you expose yourself in order to change within. And obviously, it happens in small increments, you don't go from zero to 100. A tree doesn't go from being a sapling to a full grown, I don't know, oak tree or whatever, right? It takes time, right? But the change does happen, right? So think about yourself, think about yourself for the last couple of years, think about where you are right now, when it comes to this concept, when it comes to comes to wanting to please God and, and, and being and being a good, pleasing person to the people. And then think about yourself a couple years ago, right? Regardless of how young you were, how old you were, right? Think, okay, what was my mentality like before then? And then think about how have you changed in terms of your, your personal life? Because the changes that you make in your personal life, the changes that you make in your acts of worship, the changes that you make in just the smallest, smallest of things of trying to incorporate more of the prophetic examples that we learn through this, through the, through the sunnah, through the sirah, through all of these things, right? Those, those really do manifest into your character. And I feel like we could do a, a much longer, more in-depth episode about the prophetic example of akhlaq, of character. That's something I've been wanting to do for quite a long time. Um, but the reality is that you're not going to have this shift. You're not going to have this mindset that tries its hardest to align with your fitra um, until you start seeking knowledge, until you start saying, okay, so much has been revealed in Islam. Like, like I mean, there are there are scholars who know 
so so much and it's like their, their their knowledge is not necessarily endless but it's just continuous it just keeps going and they still keep learning and they still keep teaching they still find new lectures to put out there you know you'll see you'll see ulama you'll see you'll see scholars you'll see these these amazing amazing minds who like Samaya mentioned in our last episode i think was like are like masters of hadith and have the whole quran memorized and are masters of tafsir and all of the all of the sciences of the quran and you wonder how do they do that Right, you really wonder how do they have the capacity to do that, and of course, you know, those are one in a few, right? But at least you try to strive to be someone who who seeks knowledge, and that knowledge that you seek, it's going to be embedded in your life, whether or not you purposely do it, you know, um, whether or not you purposely, you know, make that conscious effort to implement those things, you know, you are what you see, you are what you you are you are what you see, you are what you expose yourself to, you are. You are sort of like the people that you hang hang out around, you know. So also, and I and I've recently been really, really, really stressing on this. But who are you surrounding yourself with? Who are those people you call close friends? Who are those people? Are they people that you can have deep conversations with? Are they people that you can just praise Allah Subhanahu Wa Taala with, and that becomes your normal type of conversation? Or are they people you have to walk on eggshells around? Are they people who you have to pretend you're enjoying? The car ride when in reality they're having really profane music being played right who are those people um who are your people because your people are are an extension of you in a sense and i think that's something that we tend we 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 tend to disregard because sometimes it's easier just to be around whoever whichever group thinks that we're semi-cool and then you just kind of blend in and sometimes it feels like you fit out. Sometimes you're like, man, I just feel like I can't relate to anyone whatsoever. Once you get to this point where you're like, um, once you get to this point where you start to really care about what Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala thinks of you, you often notice that things are being removed from your life. What I mean by that is that you start to purposely, not purposely, you start to almost stray away from the general crowd of people. You start to, to for sort of, you know, you're so comfortable in your seclusion with Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala that you don't really, you don't have any desire to be around these people. And sometimes that's really hard, right? To really feel like, man, like, I just don't have, like, anyone I can relate to. I don't have, like, you know, all of these things that some people might might go through. Um, but like I always say, you can have nothing in this world, but if you have Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala, you have everything. And the same applies to your reputation, whether or not you have people there to vocalize it. It can be someone, your cashier at the grocery store. You held on to your, your thing. Say, for example, you walked out and you forgot to pay for something and you realize as you're about to get to your car, oh, shoot, like, I didn't pay for that. So you go back in and you're like, hey, I didn't pay for that. I didn't pay for this, right? You might not necessarily have anyone in your personal life, life to necessarily vocalize you're a trustworthy person, but you left you left a print on that cashier. You left, an, you left an image of what a good Muslim is on that cashier or that person that you interacted with. Because most people, let's be honest, you walked out with it. Oh, well, I didn't get caught. Like, I'm just going to take it anyway. Like, that was a lot. You know, things are expensive. While I understand that, is that something that you want to testify to God on the day of judgment that you walked out? This is such a silly, silly elementary school example, but it's so it's so true. And it's something that you we just really have to be aware of because, I don't know, otherwise... It's gonna come back, and it's gonna it's it's gonna come back on the day of judgment. The day of judgment is certain. Death is certain. Nothing else is necessarily certain. Staying on this right path is not certain, right? But if you know something is certain, you know the day of judgment is certain. You know that you are going to testify for every single action that you did is certain. Then you might as well work hard to do well when the certain comes, right? But Otherwise, when you when you when you go on ahead and you work so hard to please things that are uncertain, you can work so hard to be like try on fifteen different dresses and be like, okay, which one makes makes my curves look the best, or which one you know makes me look the best, right? But people's opinions of you are not certain. Someone can see that dress on you and be like, wow, her body looks good, but that is such an ugly color. Like you're not going to a hundred percent please anyone ever. Disclaimer: We should probably not be thinking of people like that. That's a whole other thing, but. Going back to it, right? Working so hard to please other people, the 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 opinions that they formulate of you, you can't read people's minds, so therefore it is not certain. But the day of judgment certainly is. So work hard towards that. Work to to strive towards that. So that way on that day, you do well. You know? 
You have, you have your creator, the one who blessed you so, so, so much. Um, the one that blessed you so, so, so much with everything that you have in your life, right? You want to make him as proud as you possibly can. I think we often forget that just us breathing right now, just us having the ability to talk and think and walk and vocalize our thoughts in our heads is something that a lot of people have not been given the privilege of. Therefore, they are blessings. Therefore, they are gifts, right? So think about it. Think about someone in this life who spoils you a lot, someone who genuinely cares about you. And if you ask them for something, they're going to give it to you because they know that it's going to help you become a better person, help you become successful. Of course, you're going to want to please that person. For example, you have a job, right? And you have a boss who, who you're trying to impress so much you can get a really good raise, right? You're going to do your best around that person, right? And you're going to do what that person asks. Your boss asks you to go do X, Y, and Z for a project. You're going to go and do it. Right, because you want that race. Understandably, too. Yes, like, exactly. Yeah. Like it's. I'm not saying that that's a bad thing. You should strive to to do well, right? Especially when it comes to your career and stuff. But like, think about God, the one who gives you all of these these basic human abilities as simply as a gift. Of course, you wanna want. You're gonna want to please him. Why wouldn't you want to please him? Right. You know. And I have one more point, and I know I've been talking for a really really long time, and I do apologize. But my last point is, you were talking about the people of Philistine. And I think this is something that I feel like I just like, I just want to say because I think a lot of people were in a very similar boat. But when everything first started to happen, people were hesitant. Should we speak about what's right? Should we do what is right? Like, should we, should we, should we post and should we, should we do X, Y, and Z or, or perform activism in whatever way you feel more, most comfortable with? Should we even do that? Because we could lose opportunities. We could mm -hmm. lose X, Y, and Z. And yes, I understand. Be careful. There's a difference versus holding on to your beliefs and being careful. Right. And I'm not saying anything at all about that because I, too, was thinking about that when it came to, say, this podcast, for example. You know, Samaya and I, we had the debate of should we even speak about this on this podcast? Like right. Explicitly. Like, like yeah. Mention Palestine, name, mention right. Gaza, mention Israel, all of these things. Right. But that comes down to, OK, you might lose some things in this life. You might lose some opportunities. You might lose X, Y and Z. But you know what? God is going to compensate you because you did what was right. Right. And that doesn't necessarily mean that you're the type that posts on social media. Maybe you don't even use social media. Maybe your social media is solely for work. Like my dad, right? His social media is solely for work. He cannot, he does not have the ability to do that. So what did he go and do? He went and created a new account so he could at least observe and watch what's going on. So he can make himself aware. So that way in his private circles at home, it becomes a conversation at the dinner table. So that way on the day of judgment, he testifies that he did the right thing and he tried, you know? So some things you might be scared. You might be scared to ask to leave for an hour, an hour and a half on Joma from your work, uh, for Joma on, uh, for, on Friday, sorry, I needed to translate, on Friday to go pray Joma, right? And you might be scared that maybe your, your boss won't allow you to do that, which by the way, I think according to the constitution, they have to let you do that. But regardless, right? Like that's a right that you've been given, but that's a scary thing. You know, like, oh, what are they going to think of me? You know what? If it's for the right cause, it's worth it. So just do it. Yeah, that's what I got. Yeah, I think, um... Like, I see did talk a lot, which is fine, but I'm trying Sorry. to like, remember all the things she said. <laughs> no, I loved everything you said, but one of the things I, I really want to touch on that she kind of talked about, we have an episode titled, Whose Approval Are You Seeking? And I feel like <laughs> that title kind of plays, like, really well into this episode, but <laughs> it's fine. We'll just find a new one. Um, but genuinely, like, who are you trying to impress? I think that's a really big question you have to ask yourself because if you're trying to impress people who care a lot about superficial things, I feel like that should be red flag number one, like maybe I shouldn't be around these people, right? And this is, again, and I think we really need to make an updated episode about friends, but this is the importance of friendship. Like, if you're surrounding yourself by people who are people of Allah, who are people of the Quran, you're going to want to do everything you can to become one of them. To be like them, you want to impress those people, not to impress them, but because they inspire you, right? Because you want to be amongst those kinds of people that are doing things to please Allah. So that's why it's really, really important to, to really reflect on this question of, okay, well, who are these people that I'm trying to impress? Like, even if I'm, even if I'm um, praying in public, for example, let's say someone is, you know, Lord time comes in, Asr time comes in, you're on campus, you're at school. And you're scared to pray. You're like, oh man, okay, I know I have to do this. I have to do this, but I'm scared of people seeing me. I'm scared of people saying things. But it's like, 
what kind of people are you actually trying, like, what kind of people are you concerning yourself with? Because if they're going to be saying those things about you, they're really not even worth your thought. You know what I mean? They're not even worth your consideration, right? So it's really interesting to think about that too, is like, who are you letting into your head? Like, what, what kinds of thoughts about what kinds of people are you having? Because unless those people are bringing you closer to a lot, they really don't need to be taking up any headspace, right? They really don't need to be taking up any headspace. So that question of like, whose approval are you seeking? Um, and then I just remembered that, and Asil was talking about this ayah in, um, in Surah Al-Ahzab about how um, Allah was basically telling the Prophet that you feared the people more than you feared me, or you, you considered the people more than you considered me. And there's a similar ayah in Surah An-Nisa, and I don't know the ayah number, and it's not talking directly to the Prophet, it's actually talking about a group of people who, when Allah prescribed fighting for them, right now they actually had to go and they actually had to fight, they began, as Allah says, they began to fear the people greater than the fear they had for me, or similar to the fear that they should have had for me, right? So it's like, you have to think about this. We often, genuinely, we really do, and I think we are all guilty of this at some point in our lives, we fear what people are going to say more than we fear Allah's pleasure. We fear what they're going to say in a way that we're supposed to fear Allah, right? We take, we consider the people way more than we consider Allah because some of us, some people are willing to miss a prayer if that means that people are not going to say things about them. Some people are willing to, I don't know, take off their hijab if that means that people are not going to say things about them. Right? And may Allah protect us all. But what I'm saying is that this analogy is also very powerful where a lot of us will tend to fear the people in a way that we're only supposed to reserve for fear of Allah. Right? So I think that that's also an interesting point. I kind of, I know this episode's getting really long, so we do need to sort of wrap up. But there is a um, hadith that I wanted to mention again, because this whole episode is really about reputation, what people think of you. And... We already established, and if you've listened this far and you don't understand this, um, we've probably failed at our job, but we've established that there is situations where you should absolutely not care about what people think of you if that means that you're upholding your, your truth and your Islamic values, but that, but then there are situations where you really should hope that, that what people are saying about you is good because you're trying to please Allah through all the interactions you have, whatever. But there is a hadith, and it is a little bit scary, and, and I think we do want to do an episode about sincere intentions like we said but there's a hadith about on the day of judgment um allah will basically bring forth three different people and one of those people from what i remember is a martyr someone who was um fighting supposedly in the cause of allah and died and then allah will resurrect him and on, on the day of judgment he'll ask him well what did you do and, and he'll say i died for your sake i fought for your sake i died for your sake and allah will drag him to the hellfire he said, no, you only did that so that you can die and people can say, oh, wow, look at such a brave man. Look how he look how he died for the sake of Allah. That was the only reason why you did that. Then someone who gained a lot of knowledge, a scholar, right? Someone who was seen as a scholar by the people. Someone who um, knew all the stuff about Islam and the Quran and, and he was a reciter of the Quran. Allah will, will to ask him, well, what did you do? And he'll say, I was I was a scholar and I was I you know recited the Quran and Allah will drag him to the hellfire. He'll say, no. You only did those things so people can say that you had a lot of knowledge, so people can say you were a scholar, so people can say you you were an amazing qadit, right? And then Allah will bring forth a very wealthy man who gave to all these different causes, and Allah will say, well, what did you do? And he said, I gave my money for your sake. I donated my wealth for your sake. And Allah will drag him to the hellfire. He'll say, no, you only did that so people can say, wow, look how look at how he's helping us. Look at how much, like how his wealth is benefiting us. So... It is a very fine line, and that's why I think with intentions, actually, it's always a very fine line. Um, we have to be very careful, right? Certain situations, we really should not care what anyone thinks, but in other situations, we really should consider that. Um, when we were in Chicago for Mass Ikna, I don't know what talk this was. I, I don't know who it was. I can't remember, but someone said something that really stuck with me. They said, you should be struggling with your sincerity. Like, you should be struggling with the intentions or with the sincerity of your intentions. Like, that just shows that you're actually aware of that and that you're actually trying. Um, and that, that was something that, that definitely hit me really hard because I feel like 
we often expect to just kind of um, like perfect something or we feel like, you know, am I sincere? Am I not? Am I arrogant? Am I not? Like, I don't actually know. And I, I feel like, you know, it can be really hard, but we're supposed to be struggling. I think that's the thing is like, we're supposed to be struggling to better ourselves. Um, so yeah, that's all I have to say. <laughs> yeah. And <clears throat> part of that hadith, I think that I might be wrong. So I would double check this, but I'm pretty sure at the beginning, it's like they're, they're among the first who are being brought up, yeah. up to Allah's Pantah to be judged and being thrown into the hellfire. So that's that's another thing is that shows how, how that shows how important sincerity is because they were among the first people who would be brought forth to Allah's Pantah to be judged and be thrown into the hell. So like that that's an incredible incredibly important um part of that. So I don't have anything else to say. So I'm gonna end with a dua. You want me to end with the dua? Sure. <laughs> okay. So oh man, um yeah Allah allow us and allow our our legacies in this life to reflect your true purpose and allow reflect the true purpose that you gave us and allow allow our actions and our our representation of the deen please you and continue to bring other people along with us mm-hmm. onto this journey of growing towards you and entering inshallah jannatul firdaus al-a'la um so with that just ask yourself like what what does your legacy reflect does it reflect the 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 pleasure of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala does it reflect the pleasure of the people and the people only so with that thank you guys so much for listening and inshallah you'll hear from us next week